0: I'm Alex Delay, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast bringing you the uplifting stories of inspiring people from all walks of life. In today's episode, we ask the question, how far would you go for your passion? My passions are reading and writing, so I'll go about as far as the couch. But on Vision Vibes, we've had guests who go to the ends of the earth for their passions. We've had volcano specialists and Glacier specialists and people who visit deep jungles and travel all the way to the poles of the earth. Now, if you thought those stories were amazing, wait till you hear today's guest. She takes her dedication to a whole new level, perhaps even a higher level. Biologist Sasha Dench is often called the human swan. She set a world record by flying over 7,000 kilometers, tracking Buick swans, as they migrated across 11 countries. She accomplished this in what's called a paramotor, which is a sort of paraglider with a motor attached to it. I'd never heard of this before. Sasha is also an ambassador for the UN Convention on Migratory Species. She raises awareness about conservation and the rapid deterioration of bird habitats worldwide. We sat down with Sasha and asked her, why risk her life? Following birds across the sky over so many thousands of kilometers.
1: I never set out to do anything particularly extreme, and I'm not an adrenaline junkie, so I would never, for example, bungee jump or base jump. I don't like that kind of feeling of, sort of unbridled falling, for example. Um, but I'm not inherently scared of flying the paramotor. The paramotor, imagine it's a bit like a motorcycle uh, of the air. Um, it's something that it takes quite a long time to understand and get good at. But once you are comfortable with the aircraft, it does feel a bit like an extension of yourself. The reason in particular why flying in a paramotor was useful for getting an idea of a bird's eye view of the world was that you fly at similar altitude and speed as the birds and you suffer many of the same challenges. So it's a really useful tool in conservation to be able to look at a site from above because you can see where the areas might be being developed. If there's point source pollution, you can see that from the air as well. We knew the the Buick Swan numbers were declining rapidly. We've lost almost 50% in the previous 20 years. Uh, and they're using a flyway. A flyway is a connection of different of wetlands. And there are many other birds and other bird species that are using the same migration route and the same sites. So whatever might have been going wrong for a big, white, very visible bird like the Buick Swan could also be going wrong for the, for the smaller bird. So it was a fabulous indicator for... Uh, problems for migratory birds in general. One of the interesting things to discover that you could only really discover from flying with the birds was why and how so many uh, killed on power lines. So it's only by flying with them that I could see that actually, particularly on the autumn migration, when there's often it's often overcast, so there were low clouds, the birds are actually being forced to fly At quite a low level and that puts them right at the same height as the power lines when you're at a bird's eye view at the same height or slightly above them they're silhouetted against solid land and then they are absolutely impossible to see so that was a really interesting thing uh, another key thing is that it is such a small and fragile looking aircraft that when you land, people are pretty shocked that you can travel, particularly somewhere like that in such a tiny aircraft, that there is no you know, concern about this foreigner that might have turned up. Instead, they want to ask you three things, which is, uh, where have you come from? Uh, isn't it dangerous? And how can I help? And that was the perfect opener for a conversation about looking after the swans. Most of the hunters think that you're protecting swans because they're in fairy stories. Like they don't believe that the numbers are declining or how the hell you can count them. So we could sit down and actually go, this is how we count them and have much more of a dialogue. And then they were going, okay, well, yeah, we do shoot swans some of the time, but we didn't really believe that. And so they're part of the swan champions now. I um, set up Conservation Without Borders to try and do more expeditions following the lives of migratory species birds, but also marine and other species, because we'd found a way of bringing together people, creating an incredible story, bringing together people and research to try and find solutions for the birds. In essence, most of the problems that are a challenge for migratory birds are the same challenges for people so these issues of climate change issues of plastic uh, loss of habitat pollution of our and loss of our water supplies all of these issues are the same issues that we're facing we're also connecting people from developed com- countries with less developed countries we're connecting the warmer areas with the colder areas so it connects people also across uh, boundaries of politics and language we chose the osprey to track because it's another bird that has potential to be a really inspiring. A, it's quite a large bird of prey, it's very visible. And being the top predator in a food chain, um, it is also a great indicator of the health of a flyaway. Um, it also has an incredibly inspiring story. It was persecuted to extinction in decades and centuries past. And it is now making a comeback because people have decided to make an effort to do so. So it's a symbol of what can be changed if we try to do that.
0: You know how sometimes people say that in order to really understand something, you have to become that thing? Like if you really want to understand juggling, you have to become a juggler, something like that. Listening to Sasha Dench made me realize She basically became as close as humanly possible to becoming a bird. Flying through the skies gave her that unique perspective. She understood things about risks to bird habitats and flight paths in a unique and astonishing way that she really could only understand by being up there. What a statement it must be if you're on the ground and somebody just lands in a paramotor in your garden and starts talking to you about conservation. I don't know about you, But I'd definitely listen to that person. Still, her journey came with huge risks. And in November 2021, she was ending a mission in Scotland, and a tragedy occurred. Sasha collided midair with a cameraman flying nearby. She fell 150 feet and sustained catastrophic injuries to her legs. Her colleague died in the accident. For the last 18 months, Sasha has been working to recover her mobility. Her passion is holding strong, and she's already planning the next part of her journey.
1: I mean, so yeah, after the accident I had was in in and out of operations for weeks where I was barely conscious. Um, so mentally, obviously, I was in a very black space and I was in a in a hospital room for six months, so that's not good for anybody either. Um, and so, yeah, for the first few months, I was still wanting not to be here anymore. The first reaction from the surgeons as I came in was to um, to say they would be amputating both my legs uh, because of the extremity of the damage, 150 feet fall onto straight legs. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty serious. And I'd also broken all my ribs, my hip, my sacrum. Uh, as well. I was lucky that there was no damage to my internal injuries in my head, but they were going to amputate my legs. And just the people around me at the time asked, because I was so active and the outdoors is my life, whether they could try and save them. And they agreed to have a go, um, but with no promises and the understanding that I might not walk again. For the first few months, I couldn't see how I could come back for that I felt that, that physically I was never going to be myself again and might be forever dependent. I felt that uh, you know, losing a friend in those circumstances is awful and I wasn't sure that I was mentally, my, that I could be myself. And then psychologists turned up and... I feel like what she did to me in that very first meeting where we had a conversation and then she mapped out on a piece of paper, lots of different small areas of work that I could do. And each one of those sessions was a bit like her teaching me to build a ladder to get myself up to the next stage. And I'll remember the day I first saw the light and I kind of told her that, that was like, you know, I feel now as though I can potentially go out and be myself again. I feel like myself again. I'm a slightly different self. Physically, I'll have to do things slightly differently, but I have the same drive and passion that I had before. Our strategy over the next few years is the 2030 Global Challenge, and that is a whole series of expeditions. We'd most like to do next is the East Asian Australasian Flyway, and that is an incredible bird migration highway. It goes from Alaska and the Russian Arctic down through uh, Asia and all the way down to Australia. The aim is to show people that actually by collaborating across those different cultures on the big issues faced not only by the birds, but they're also the same issues faced by people, that is how we're going to drive massive change.
0: The courage it must take for Sasha Dench not just to risk her life for bird conservation, but after almost losing her life to keep on going. That's the kind of dedication to passion that only comes with a deep-seated sense of purpose in life. For me, looking at what she's doing from the outside, conservation always seemed like a far away problem. I'm pretty much a city boy, and my contact with nature is limited to the potted plants I keep at home. And I understand environmental threats in theory. I understand what I read on the news but I'm not sure I really feel them. People like Sasha help us feel. They they bring the facts and figures to life. They show us in in concrete terms what it is we're doing to the world. Sasha risked her life to prove us that we can do better. And I wonder how many Sashas will it take for the world to finally stop and listen. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. This interview was originally broadcast by NHK World Japan on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. You can find the transcript for this episode and all of our other stories on the Vision Vibes website. I've been Alex Delay. See you next time.